2: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: Championship Sunday, presented by Intuit TurboTax. Can you feel it? Can you taste it? It's just days away. Four teams, two championship games, and two MVP Mm. quarterbacks delivering it all. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper, Beef Jerky, live in New York City, Friday, January 26th. I'm Jamie Erdahl. There's Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, Jason McCourty. Yeah. Peter, opine about why this show uh, carries such weight. I
4: think that we are the official pregame show to the pregame shows. (laughs) We build these games up for five days, three hours every day, and by the time we get to the Friday before a playoff weekend we have set the table in a way that no other show could possibly do it and if you watch us you know we live and breathe this thing that's right today is like a very important day on the show because it's our last day before mm. we have our Super Bowl teams I'm so excited dig in. one game. of these teams
3: is gonna win the Super Bowl of this four. I don't know if you guys saw it, they're not giving out a Lombardi trophy anymore it's gonna be one of those Stanley water cups and they're <laughs> way more valuable Highly and committed. they're gonna kiss it and they're gonna pass it along that's the new trophy for the Super Bowl so now they're really motivated they're
5: exclusive ones too you can go to Target or one of these Come on now, great. but you can go online and find some of the exclusive ones too. So I'm all here for it. Yeah, yeah it's like there's Jordans. Some, there's some the suburban
1: th- mom driving around with 40 Lombardis in the back of her trunk. No, it's Stanley Cups. <laughs> nobody cares. Exactly. They yeah. want the Stanley Cups. Right? Honey right. uh, uh, Stanley? Straw? Yeah, I don't know. Big straw guy handle? Oh. No. Uh, all right. It's going to be an, an awesome day deal. here on Good Morning Football. Welcome inside. <laughs> Buckle in, Ian Rappaport, Good morning oh, yeah. to you, our friend. We start our day off with things that we need to keep an eye on heading into Championship Weekend.
6: We'll start with a couple key injuries. First of all, Debo Samuel, the do-everything receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, one of their best players and clearly one of the players that makes their entire offense go. He was back at practice yesterday with this shoulder injury. Now, x-rays have been negative. It seems to be just a really, really bad and painful bruise for Debo Samuel, but the fact that he was able to be limited to practice is at least a sign that he has a chance to play. I always told people close to him that he's feeling better. Kyle Shanahan said himself that he himself is feeling better, knowing that Debo is feeling better. I feel that we'll see what his status is going to be like uh, moving forward, and then later today. Meanwhile, Isaiah Pacheco, the best running back on the Kansas City Chiefs, got a couple injuries: got a toe, got an ankle. DNP both days of practice. This is not necessarily a bad sign not necessarily pessimism there in fact when Pacheco was when bacheco was talking to reporters earlier in the week he told them definitively that he would expect to play that is a good sign so we'll see if both of these playmakers are out there on the field this weekend
1: Oh, that would be truly a gift to football fans. Because, again, injuries aside, we want everyone clear and healthy so we play the best games possible. Rap sheet, thank you so much. Talk to you in a little bit in case coaching changes happen, which I know are also on the horizon. But let's keep it at the AFC championship level, shall we? Mm -hmm. How can the Ravens do with the Bills could not, which is eliminate Jason, the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs.
5: All right, I'm putting myself Sunday. You're there. We're in Baltimore. It's Mm -hmm. M&T Bank Stadium. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Legends of the Game. The crowd is absolutely going bananas. Lamar Jackson, for so long, has talked about this moment. So I'm going to bring a Super Bowl here. Believe that the moment is here to get to that game. And he said it this week. To be a champion, you have to go through the champions. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs More specifically, that is Patrick Mahomes. In order for the Ravens to beat them somehow or another, they have to find a way to corral Patrick Mahomes, annoy him, do whatever it is you need to do. Be able to hit him, sack him, and get to him. And this Ravens defense has been incredible all season long. You can pull up the stats and look at all their rankings, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, wherever they rank. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. This game, AFC Championship game, you have to show up. I look at this one. If Patrick Mahomes has one of those legendary runs where we watched it last week, where he gets outside the pocket, he fakes Rasul Douglas out. Now he's tiptoeing down yep. the sideline. Signature. It's good night to the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes is moving up to the left in the pocket, stepping up, finding Valdez Scantling deep on a 30 yard pass, good night to the Baltimore Ravens. They have to be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes all game long. You look at whether it's Justin Matabike, Jadavian Clowney, Kyle mm-hmm. Van Noy, these guys had nine, 13 and a half sacks throughout the season. It all comes down to Sunday. Can you beat the guy in front of you and get home and put that pressure and make Mahomes feel uncomfortable all game long? I think it's going to come down to the defense. As much as we talk about these two quarterbacks and how good they are, whether it's a Patrick Queen blitz or Kyle Hamilton coming off the edge, one of these guys are going to have to step up and put some real pressure mm-hmm. on Patrick Mahomes.
4: I don't think we can say it enough how much of a home field advantage that Baltimore mm. has in mm. this game. And I, I know that Mahomes and these guys have been on in some big stages and they won in Buffalo. Like, this place is going to be Pandemonium. And you kind of touched on it. I only think you mentioned a few, though, because it's Ed Reed, it's Ray Lewis, it's Terrell Suggs, it is Anquan Bolden, it is Jonathan Ogden. They're all coming out pregame. They're all going to get the crowd going. And last week, we saw it on the field. The Houston Texans had five false starts. They couldn't hear a thing. Stroud was struggling at the line. And over the course of the year, the Ravens have caused 19 different false starts. That's because of the defense, that's because of the crowd. And I think the way to beat the Chiefs is to get up early and just ride that momentum. They've done it. Look at week seven. The Lions come in as like mm-hmm. this hot team that everyone's talking about. Ravens come in and just blow them out yeah. early. They got started early. They were up 28-nothing at the half. They would go on to win 38 to 6. This is what everyone was hyping the Lions like, no. The Seahawks came in. Seahawks were the number 2 seed in the NFC in week 9. Seahawks were the number 2 seed. They come in. Ravens just wipe them out. The Ravens just dominant. Geno Stone is all over the place. They are up 17-3 at the half. They would win 37 to 3. And the last one at the Dolphins. The winner this game basically gets the one seed in the playoffs. Things would be very different if Miami was home the last few weeks as opposed to having to go on the road to Kansas City in minus 30 degree weather. But instead, the Ravens never let it be, get to that. 28-3 to 3, home crowd, feed off that crowd. Mm. And these are all day games just like it's going to be on Sunday, 3 o'clock. Ravens fans, I know you're going to bring it. Ravens fans, I know you feel like you're an undervalued home field advantage. A lot of times we hear about the 12s in Seattle mm. or Arrowhead or even Detroit in the last few weeks. Uh, I think Baltimore has a massive home field advantage. That place is going to be rocking. McAfee a couple weeks ago was like, I think it's an underrated like home field. I think it might be the best home field when they get that mm. thing going. And Ray Lewis used to come out of the tunnel mm. and you get wild They still have that Nelly. They still have what they play. And now all the legends are going to be in there. Use that for your advantage. Get Mm. up early and pound the Chiefs because you don't want to see Mahomes within one score in the fourth quarter.
3: Off-season segment ranking the best home field advantage. I picture your face in all the rankings (laughs) on Instagram and just everyone will be so The bottom
4: five. I'm sure those things will One through 32. What is the
3: worst home field advantage? I got some ideas. We've said this a couple of times. I think that that win over Detroit was the most impressive win of the year. And can you imagine that might be the Super Bowl matchup? How much are we going to play that Ravens-Lions game if both right. those teams win back this weekend? How do you beat the Chiefs? They're so damn hard to beat in the playoffs. It just doesn't happen much. They're so difficult. You don't have to play perfect, but you only get a couple mistakes. It's almost like a formula. You, I think you can have a ah, turnover. I think if you have two, it's done. And I, and I include turnover and downs in that. If you go for it on fourth and one, and you get stuffed, Those types of things, that's how they beat you. You can't miss a kick. You can't have seven or eight penalties. You can't do little things like burn a timeout early in the second half like that's how the Chiefs come back to get you and you can't to Jason's point you can't let Mahomes do his signature sideline Ooh. scamper for some reason in the playoffs Mahomes always has some 27 yard run it's seemingly always down the sideline <laughs> and you think he's going to go out of bounds three different times and he just keeps going and going and then at one point you're like is he going to score and if find- it's just it's signature you can't do it however you can't just be great Josh Allen is great every time against the Chiefs. They never win. The Chiefs have to mess up. They really do. And they have to make some sort of uncharacteristic mistake, which they don't do. Coaching staff, defense, offense. I think the book was written on the Chiefs messing up a couple years ago in the title game when the Bengals beat them in Arrowhead. And you have to get something like this going. Remember, the Chiefs were going to win this game. If you get all the way to the end, they were knocking on the door and they were going to go up. Mahomes short circuited a little bit. He started running around. He got sacked and fumbled. He threw two interceptions in this game. And Cincinnati just waited Mm. and waited. And finally, Kansas City blinked. Mahomes straight up blinked. And you know what? He's human. Sometimes he loses. This was the play, I think. It it just all came unraveled.
4: Also, at the end of the first half, they had a chance to just have an extra point. Remember
3: that? And they they didn't get anything. And they mismanaged it. So it was a little bit like the Miko Hardman against Buffalo last week. Just a strange choice at the goal line. You can play a great you can play one of your greatest games of the year and you still lose. The Chiefs formula is such that you have to play one of your greatest games of the year and you have to get them to blink. I just think a staring contest, the Chiefs always win. They find a way on the road. I don't care. The Buffalo atmosphere was pretty outrageous last week. They didn't give a damn. They didn't give a damn. I don't think this game is going to be won because Ed Reed is there. I think it's going to be run because, oh, my God, Mahomes threw a pick six or somebody fumbled in a huge spot. You got to play great. They have to mess up. If they don't mess up and you play great, you're losing. It's the Chiefs. That's their power.
1: I specifically go to that visual of Mahomes rushing up the sideline and how it is wholeheartedly detrimental to your team if you do not get that guy out of bounds the first opportunity you have. If you let him have that extra 15, he's going to kill you. He's going to kill you time and time again. And you know what? If I'm Lamar Jackson, if you can't beat him, join him. I think (laughs) Lamar Jackson needs to do the exact same thing on Sunday if you're going to try and best this guy when he comes to your house. I was looking at rushing games for these two quarterbacks. Top three rushing games for each of these guys, regular season and postseason for Lamar and Patrick. One has come, the best game has come in the regular season. The other two were in the postseason. These guys have turned the wheels on in the postseason. They know what needs to get done to get a first down, to move their ball down the field. But it can't just be Mahomes. Like, Lamar, you've done great. You've hung in the pocket. You've handled pressure this year. Todd Munkin has gotten this offense to a fantastic point in the passing game. But I think there needs to be a little Lamar magic when it comes to his legs this weekend. If you want to retain the ball, have the clock run, and get a couple of those explosive plays notched for the Ravens offense. If
4: you're beating the Chiefs, Lamar's going to have a Lamar moment. There's going to yes. be signature. one in this game, a yeah. signature moment where we yep. look back on for years and say, remember, mm-hmm. against, yep. like, it will happen. Yep. If they're beating the Chiefs, Lamar is having an, a spectacular yep. play at some point we're going to be talking about for years. The mm. quarterbacks
1: in this game are spectacular, but we talk about them a lot. Uh, potentially two two MVP quarterbacks you have to pick a non quarterback now Mm -hmm. that you think will be the most important piece of this AFC championship
5: I'm gonna pick up right where you left off you said Lamar Jackson you talked about him running I'm going with Chris Jones on the defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs I think he is as important as anybody else in this game because you look at the way the Ravens win games they run the ball whether it's Lamar whether he's handed off to Gus Edwards those are the guys running right down the middle where Chris Jones will be on that defense if they're able to run all over him, if Lamar's buying time in a pocket, scrambling, it's because Chris Jones isn't getting close to him. I think Chris Jones is going to be motivated, obviously, to get back to the Super Bowl, but also what that means for his pockets. Chris Jones has another incentive for first-team All-Pro okay. and a Super Bowl appearance. going <laughs> will go, get another go. million dollars, a million bucks for the bowl. They win the Super Bowl; they're going to be racked in the same way, and it's not going to hit him right away because going to the Super Bowl is the most important thing. Uh-huh. He's going to get in that locker room. He's going to sit down. He's going to open up his phone, and someone's going to text him just dollar signs. <laughs> he's going to go. You damn right. I forgot about that. It was first-team All-Pro and I got that Super Bowl and pay me, show me the money. That's so incredible. So I'm going with Chris Jones it's, on this
1: it's the smiley face emoji with the tongue hanging out with go. a dollar on it. It's oh, just yeah. like a hundred of those. No, I, like you, love, I that love that just one. Like love just like when
5: you accepted it. I'll, I'll send you one just you on a commercial. When when I yeah, send me one. I've never exactly. seen that one. That sounds good. Um,
1: uh,
4: Roquan Smith got that one a couple years ago from the Ravens and I think he got it when the Bears didn't give it to him and a lot of people are saying, oh, that's an interesting deal. He's a linebacker. So is Ray Lewis. The comparisons to Ray Lewis this week have been in every press media availability. Every person on TV TV's comparing him to Ray Lewis. It has become now almost uh, hacknied to, to to call anyone but Ray Lewis a comparison for our guy. Uh, Hackneyed, How would it's you say fine. Just oh, go. Right? go. Just keep it. going.
3: We knew
1: it.
4: Mess it. You know what I mean. Ray's going to be there, obviously, but if this defense is going to be all that, Roquan's got to be that guy. He has been the leader. I think his pregame speeches uh, could rival some of Ray Lewis's. If you listen to his <laughs> mic'd mm. up, he's got the smell and salts going. He has embodied everything that being a Raven is, and I thought the quote of the week came from – from Jim Harbaugh uh, two days ago, and he was saying, he's like, this came from Steve Smith when he came here, but he was always a raven. He just didn't know it until he put the jersey on, and that gives me chills, and uh, he's gonna be out there. He's gotta stop Mahomes this weekend.
3: He really does, and he's gonna be so fun to watch. There's a squad, and I say squad, that we're gonna be talking about Monday morning. Kelsey's Kelsey. I think Rice, at this point, as a receiver, has earned his respect, he's Mm -hmm. done it all year. Who's stepping up? Uh, Give me the group, give me the Chiefs receivers after Rice. Guys, one of those people is going to be a hero. They might be a goat. You know damn well there's going to be a third and nine when one of those guys gets a pass, and I don't know what's going to happen. You got Watson, MBS, Tony, Miko, Richie, James. One of those guys needs to make a play. Miko Valdez, Watson. That's that's, That's the amalgam of those guys. Rice has been great. Kelsey's Kelsey Pacheco. The game will be win and lost at some point where there's a slow motion replay where it goes in their hands or out of their hands and Ramos
7: goes, ah, Jim, ah, ah.
3: I don't know how that, that exclamation ends, but that is how they're going to Las Vegas or they're going home. Watson, MVS, Tony, Nicole, James, we've been watching them all year. What's it going to be, fellas? You know it's one of you. Who's it going to be? Lots of news in the head coaching front. She's going to come in with the hires, the vacancies. Peter's fired up about a couple of them.
8: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin, from the Fade
7: This podcast. We've got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
8: Good morning, football.
1: You know, it's a heavy hitting news week when Ian Rappaport's back, and it's only 20 minutes into the show. Rap Sheet, what's happening? Aside from the injuries heading into this weekend, big news in the coaching world emerged yesterday. Walk us through it.
6: That's right, a couple key hires in the coaching world, including a big-time surprise. We'll start with that one. The Carolina Panthers have agreed to terms with Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales to be their new head coach. Really a dark horse candidate. only got one interview request, which was a little odd, honestly, although maybe you think, well, is this the kind of year we'll interview once and then next year get more and then, no. What the Carolina Panthers decided to do was, this guy's got the juice, this guy got Baker Mayfield playing as well as he has in his career, has emerged as the kind of leader that the Bay Buccaneers organization really loved and fostered and wanted to keep home. The Panthers made him their new coach. Now he is tasked with making Bryce Young, Uh, be the number one pick that he was originally taken to be. He's got to get Bryce Young to play to his potential. That was not the only hire yesterday. A reunion, Raheem Morris, the former Atlanta Falcons assistant, actually former Falcons interim coach, currently the Rams defensive coordinator, he agreed to terms to go back to Atlanta as their new head coach, he will now work alongside general manager Terry Fontenot to get this team and roster, which is really ready to win if you had a quarterback, assuming you had a quarterback. He now gets to take control. That is a cool story, a heartwarming story. Uh, but for the Falcons, mostly, they believe they got the right guy, and it sounded like Morris blew them away. During the interview process, he now becomes their head coach. That has a trickle-down effect, though, of course, because all of the coaches who interviewed there – including Mike Vrabel, including Bill Belichick, also seem to be out. There's two opportunities left. I do not believe, from my knowledge, that either of those guys are involved in the two openings left, which certainly could mean focus on Belichick. The greatest coach of all time, the legendary coach, Bill Belichick, might not have a spot in the 2024 season. Could he take a year off? Could he go to the media? Could he serve as a consultant? There are several options here. My guess is, He takes a year off and ends up as the hottest coaching candidate in 2025. Either way, it does not seem like Belichick has a head coaching job this coming season.
1: Ian, thank you so much. I was going to say, there is still that one chair left over, and it might be at one of the television networks Mm -hmm. as it comes to Bill Belichick. And Peter's pointed out several times the maybe unconventional approach Washington has tried to take with their coaching search and the consultants that they've hired to go up and grab one of their Coaches uh, as an opportunity next. Peter, where do you go in terms of guys we know have destinations?
4: Well, I'm looking at, at what we got the news of yesterday. A couple parts on this. You mentioned that Washington's still available, Seattle's still available. It doesn't sound like Belichick's going either, which means Bill Belichick will most likely not be coaching in the NFL mm. next year. And it's not because he's taking a year off and he's doing the Sean Payton thing and like, I was going to take a year.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Couldn't get a job. Bill Belichick couldn't get a job. So you're telling me 24 years as the best coach in football. Mm only one team wanted to really interview you met with them twice it wasn't going that way and they decided well you know what we're gonna rather have the upbeat uh players coach the guy that comes in and brings light and Raheem Morris and who's gonna work with Terry Fontenot and work with Rich McKay and work with Arthur Blank and we're gonna go and roll with the guy we know and the guy that we trust that we could all do this collaboratively I think this is a major statement from the league That guys like Vrabel guys like Belichick that they're being passed over for guys who are smiling and who are light and who are bringing offensive-minded coaches in some cases with Canales and with, uh, obviously, Brian Callahan in Tennessee over guys who have won Coach of the Year and six Super Bowl championships. Uh, It seems like it's a surprise that Belichick only got one interview, but Kyle, you were on this early. 72 years old, has been in one place for many years. It doesn't seem like... There was a long line of coaches that that were gonna be saying, um, I "Absolutely, don't want to run from where I'm going to go work for Belichick." There wasn't a team, that, and Atlanta. I think Arthur Blank really did want to go it that way, but it didn't work out, and they went with the guy they know, in Morris. Is Bill Belichick gonna have a podcast next year? Like, what? Get the equipment ready. <laughs> Do we give him a podcast? Are we doing NFL Plus with Belichick where he breaks down yeah. film of the 57 Lions? Like. I say this all flippantly, but I'm not shocked, but I also think it's a major statement from the 31 other teams Mm. that, no, we're not rushing to go hire Bill Belichick, and we're not rushing to go hire Mike Vrabel. Is there any sense that
3: Belichick turned down the Falcons? I don't get that sense. Could that not be the scenario that? Yeah, I'm not interested. I don't like where they were going. I don't mm. know. I think I'd be comfortable working there. I, I don't know that what happened,
5: but like I think maybe. we I have think to... when
4: they're interviewing 14 different guys and you go for that second interview,
5: yeah,
4: sounds like you're still interested. Mm.
5: Um, he went early too. That process. right away, I thought I think that was, he was like the happen.
4: first yeah. or second I that tweet. Was boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Met twice, real quick on Raheem. Uh, you go, obviously, you know where I am. I'll put my cards yeah, in. I love, a, I love the guy. Yeah. Uh, I've known him for many years, but when you have. Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Bobby Wagner all come out and say, like, this is the guy. I'm glad someone listened, and I'm happy for him. I want to see it, but that is some statement. We're choosing Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. and we stand with Raheem Morris on this decision, I think it's a major, major story that Belichick might not get a job this offseason.
5: Definitely, and it's so cool for Raheem Morris because you mentioned it, how many guys interview for that head coaching spot, and he was selected. And I go to a tweet from our guy, Peter Schrager, What's that Peter he guy? had yesterday, just Peter's talking tweet? about the coaching search in general, encouraging sign, talking about real progress from Antonio Pierce to Mayo to Raheem Morris, all the way to Canales. It's so incredible, and we know about the Rooney Rule and everything that's transpired in our league and why we have those rules to give more coaches an opportunity and to see this coaching cycle and to see those guys hired, and obviously their resume speaks for itself, and it also goes to what you said, Shregs, of and Antonio Pierce who takes over for the Raiders, and he brings in there smoking cigars in the locker room, and he's super upbeat, and Mayo at his press conference, and he's making jokes, and there's a certain vibe that's now in the building for the New England Patriots, and Raheem Morris, any player or coach has ever been around him has totally raved about him. And then you see Canales his trend upward as he's gone on. So it's so cool just to see all these different coaches and for Raheem Morris, awesome to be able to select all of those. It athletes. is
3: very cool. And and we're kind of joking about it, but Peter has talked for years about Raheem Morris and how cool he is mm-hmm. and the second chance and all that. Like the Belichick thing, I've said it before, like he doesn't bring Uh, Troy Brown and Tom Brady and Willie McGinnis with him those are all great things that he accomplished decades ago But this is 2024 you come in you're going to get a new quarterback You're going to have to have him develop a new quarterback And the only time we've seen him do that in this era was Mac Jones who became a shell of himself by the time it was over So you don't hire him based on the Super Bowls that he won years ago. It's fresh young and everything I am just a little bit triggered by the the joyous celebration and all the jokes about haha Belichick's a loser He didn't get picked the job like Let's wait and find out what happened. We don't know what happened. We don't know for a fact that Belichick did not interview a couple times and decided it wasn't right for him. Yeah. I'm just going to hold out to that scenario. I am. I do, Peter, you had a, a, an interesting angle where you were talking about smiley and positive and upbeat. Do you think the ornery factor of Rabel and Belichick played a role in this? No,
4: I think it's more, and it's not about their demeanor. Those guys are great coaches. It's about the coming in. It's like, here's how it's done under me. And Vrabel comes in and it's like, here's how I run my organization, Mm -hmm. here's how I see it. And then Belichick comes in it's like, here's how I think it works, I've got a blueprint. I think a lot of these coaches are neophytes that they hired, and it's wide-eyed, and it's like, let's collaborate. Let's, mm. Hey, owner, what's your opinion? Hey, general manager, why don't sure. we do this collaboratively? Yeah. It's not going to be mm-hmm. top-down like it's been in the NFL for so many years. Mm-hmm.
1: The player response out of Atlanta has been really impressive as well. Like the Guys are taking to social media to mm. applaud this Raheem Morris hiring. They mm-hmm. are thrilled about it. the Kyle Pitts of the world. Mm. Just quickly, on the Dave Canales uh, trajectory mm-hmm. and what he's done from a quarterback perspective, totally West Coast guy, Peter, correct me if I'm wrong, L.A. based, goes to Seattle, He must have had an awareness of Bryce Young just in that kind of like epic passing game West Coast as Bryce Young was like up and coming goes to Alabama. Now he's going to be tabbed with the responsibility of getting this second year quarterback right in Carolina.
4: Yeah, his story is really cool. So Canales himself was at USC as a strength coach in the, the end of Pete Carroll's time there. Ends up going to Seattle for years and was like a position coach everywhere. And then eventually gets the quarterback coach job, and he's Geno Smith's quarterback. Does such a fine job that when Byron Leftwich gets let go in Tampa, they're like, "Why don't you come down? We don't know who our quarterback's uh. going to be." It ends up being Baker. He has a career here. Really cool story for Canalis, but to, to I mean, the fact that a team is hiring Dave Canalis, who is 42 years old and was a position coach for 10 years, but never been like that guy. Yeah, over a. Th- Coaching cycle where Vrabel was in that building also yesterday mm-hmm. and they're like, we're going with Canalis. It says a lot.
1: I think it has a lot to do with we saw the hiring in Tennessee with like you have to get Will Levis right. Like yeah. you want to pick a guy that's gonna get your young quarterback, that's right? A big and then go with Canales for Bryce Young. Coming up, it's been a long time coming for the Lions. What would a Super Bowl truly mean for fans, specifically in the geographical area of Detroit?
4: Yeah, we're pandering a little bit. Let's talk Detroit. <laughs> and golf we trust.
1: championship game it's Jared Goff it's Brock Purdy both incredible stories from the trajectory of a first overall pick to the final pick in a draft Peter which does this mean more to if they notch this one on their belt
4: I still don't think people believe in Brock Purdy I think that's yeah. fair to say that it's it's the case where Purdy is is a good quarterback in the system there's always like a contingency to the statement like well Purdy's good but it's because or Purdy's good in that system or Purdy's good because of Shanahan. I'd love to see uh, the story of Brock Purdy's playing in a Super Bowl I think that's legit mm-hmm. you can't question quarterbacks who get to that point in this game I'd love to see Brock Purdy getting a little bit of a shootout and have to go throw for throw mm-hmm. with Jared Goff if it comes down to that and make a couple plays I will say this the final drive on Saturday night say what you want for the first 58 minutes. Brock Purdy was nails. He doesn't have his top receiver in Debo Samuel. Purdy was nimble. Purdy was on it. Purdy, for 57 minutes, you could say, didn't have his best day. But when they needed him most, he was able to drive them 90 yards, got them into position, and they got the lead. That's nothing to do with system. That's something to do with other players. He was down his top guy in Debo. He was down a lot of different elements throughout the game. And I thought he fought in the rain. think... Here, if Brock Purdy gets to the Super Bowl, it's now the second straight year he's gotten his team to the conference championship. He's gone one round further. I think this means a lot for Brock Purdy. And I know people will still call him a game manager. And I think that part of my take, guys, we're laughing, they should be called a game executive. Like, it's a little more complimentary. It's not as as demeaning, like, he's a game executive. I like that. That's funny. Um, but at some point he 's also the quarterback of the best team in the n f c and if that 's the case, I think it goes a long way for Purdy. Golf is a first overall pick has had many opportunities mm. uh, in big games for Purdy to see him get this moment and see him rise above that could be at least silencing for the moment a lot of different people who are critics of his game.
1: How about Game COO, Chief Operating Officer?
4: It's good. I like that. He operates. It's better than manager. Manager is like the (laughs) lowest of terms.
5: I'm right along with you. And I think, to your point, Jared Goff, he's played in that Super Bowl. He's had that moment, and Brock Purdy hasn't. Matter of fact, Brock Purdy was on the doorstep and couldn't finish that game last year for the 49ers. And I was looking at headlines. I Googled Brock Purdy this morning. One headline said, it's okay for Brock Purdy to be okay. The other one was... replace Brock Purdy with Justin Fields if they don't win this game. And we talked about <laughs> it yesterday. We are like, if there was a brand new fan coming to the NFL, what storyline would you give them? What would you talk about? Imagine saying to a fan, all right, the San Francisco 49ers, are in the in, in their conference championship game. They win this game. They're in the Super Bowl. But imagine this, their quarterback, the leader of the team, the guy that goes out there and has the ball in his hands on offense every single play, who's an MVP candidate, who led the league in passer rating, who led the league in yards per attempt, in yards all these different statistics he's not good not only is he not the best player but he's not even good how would a fan understand that wait you mean he's done all of these things he's an mvp candidate up for the most valuable player but yet they'll look at the packers game and say you know what he struggled in that game he couldn't find a way to get it going the weather bothered him all these different things and attributes and uh, variables that they place on brock purdy to continue to beat him down but yet He still rises, and he still comes, and he makes the plays to win the game for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan was talking about this week a play where he doesn't send this guy in motion. He's making checks at the line of scrimmage. He's getting them in the right play, and he's operating. He's executing at a high level for this team. Say what you want about Brock Purdy's arm strength and all of those different things. He's finding a way to lead his team and win, and he's doing it at an extremely high level. So I definitely think it's Brock Purdy because there's so many doubters for him.
3: I'm asking the question, is the Brock Purdy game manager thing, is it a straw man at this point? Are there still people out there saying that, tweeting that, screaming that into microphones? Yes. Yeah. Are there? I think there are. you I think are, a have lot you people him?
4: see him when they lose, everyone says, well that's because it's Purdy, he's a manager, he can't win,
8: he can't Yeah,
3: I hear that. I just like, what does he have to do? If he gets to the Super Bowl again, depending on how this game goes, are they still going to say it? Are they? If he wins the Super Bowl, are they still going to say it? If you watch him play the games, he makes incredible plays in huge moments, on schedule, off schedule, he's just really good, I don't know who's still clinging to that, which is why I think I think the answer is Jared Goff, not Brock Purdy. I think the answer is Jared Goff, and for different reasons. Goff is proven. Goff is respected. Goff is liked. The rest of his life, if, if you get the Lions to the Super Bowl, you're an icon. I'm talking about in Detroit. If you win the Super Bowl for the Lions, like, you're Isaiah. <laughs> you're you're Iserman. You're, you're Sweet Lou. Like, that— no one would ever do that. Blue Whitaker reference. I'm telling you. like, go. Al Trauma, whoever you want. Like, you are a god. It's so much more so they look, Purdy, no fault of his own, got a lot of Super Bowls there. They had a lot of great quarterbacks mm. there. Colin Kaepernick played in the Super Bowl. Young, Montana. Like, it's, the, the list is really long. There's just been a lot of greats. We got nothing. You are the one. And you see, like, you know, the Tigers won a World Series back in the 80s, the Red Wings, the Pistons. Like, the Lions have Bubkiss. If you are the face of that, and they're already chanting his name for getting them to a wild card game. If you get them to the Super Bowl, like, you're like the Detroit Pope. Like, it's, it's an unbelievable thing. I think in that city, never mind the NFL, the hell with the rest of the NFL as far as golf's concern. You are a god for life. Fifty years from now, you show up to Detroit with your family, and it's red carpet and rose petals wherever you walk. I think it is a huge deal I hear him doing it for Detroit specifically. Mm. I think it's massive.
1: Brock Purdy, 24 years old. People, and you're saying, Peter, that people don't believe in Brock Purdy, people have not been believing the Detroit Lions for like two times the amount of life True. that Brock Purdy has lived. Like, we're looking at 50-plus years of Detroit Lions negators. And to Kyle's point, the city would love him, the culture, the state of Michigan, for Jared Goff, I'm, I'm meaning. We did a really fun activity yesterday where we looked at highlights from the 1957 mm-hmm. Lions-49ers game and the 1983 Lions-49ers game. They've played a lot in the regular season. Those are the most to read recent playoff games mm-hmm. the 1983 game was quarterbacked by Joe Montana and Gary Danielson for the Lions we had Gary Danielson on mm-hmm. the show and he spoke from a player perspective of what it means if Jared Goff accomplishes this in terms of guys that wish they were on the team
8: you know all of us that played there wish that we could do what this team's doing all of us mm-hmm. guys like Doug English and Bubba Baker and the guys that I played with They deserve better reputation than they got, but you got to win. And Jared, I saw him do interviews, you know, in this league to get the reputation individually that you deserve. You got to win. And I think, you know, this last game and the opportunity to play against the 49ers, it doesn't come along a lot. And uh, Dan Campbell has done a great job and hopefully for the city of Detroit, they can finish it off.
1: And, you know, no one is embodying that more than Jared Goff. Like, you, he, Gary said that you have to win. Goff's been in a Super Bowl, did not win, and mm-hmm. he carries that weight on his backpack every time he takes the field. So I absolutely think the significance is greater for Goff in the city of Detroit. The significance of Sunday's game, though, not only for the Lions team. Again, let's circle back to this. Peter. Right. the city of Detroit, you've been at games there. You know management, ownership. Give us the taste of the town.
4: It'd be amazing. L- last night, they had a hockey game at Little Caesars Arena, and they're chanting Jared Goff throughout the game. Jared Goff. They don't chant
3: pizza game. pizza? They're
4: not chanting pizza <laughs> pizza, although we love them as sponsors yeah, we of the do. NFL. But to hear that, that this has been such a story that Jared Goff's name is being chanted at a hockey game tells me all you need to Come know. Come on now. This is a wild, wild moment in time. Detroit Lions franchise, as we have mentioned time and time again, has been the laughing stock of the league. We punch down, we talk about them as a punching bag. Pride. Pride. Proud to be a Lions fan. Proud that I have gone through this entire journey with them. Proud that I was there Mm -hmm. for all those Thanksgiving Day losses. Proud that I was there watching playoff games of other teams and wondering, is it our time? I think this is a really cool moment. And if you want to get really specific, to combine this with what the Michigan Wolverines did a couple weeks ago, to have... Detroit, Michigan have this moment and for the state of Michigan as a whole. I think it's really cool because I think those people deserve it. They've waited a long time to be able to post both their their, their pride mm-hmm. but also to kind of puff their chests out.
5: They've waited a very long time and we're all parents at the table and any parent at home can relate. We don't let our kids get on their screens or iPads throughout the course of the week and once the weekend hits Friday, they come home from school, they know they're allowed. That's how Lions fans have been waiting. My kids, when Friday hits and we have to do anything after school, they're pissed off at me and their, and their mom as if it's our fault because they have to get home and get on that iPad. That's how anxious Lions fans have been to have this type of victory, this level of success in the city of Detroit. I remember when Peyton Manning retired and it was 18 years since he had been drafted in. a lot of kids graduating high school that year were named Peyton Ah, because of the success that Peyton Manning was having for the Indianapolis Colts. You think about it from this moment, 18 years from now, the amount of seniors that will be graduating that will be named Jared and Dan after Jared Goff and Dan Campbell will be incredible. Mm. That is it's the so meaning true. to the city of Detroit and where they will take it.
1: Names are a little bit more non traditional now, too. You could have first name Campbell, you get a first name Decker. Like, you could really okay. go, That's a good roster for that. You, yeah. you
5: got, a, you got a baby on the way. I do have a baby. I on like Amon Ra, Jamie.
1: Amon Ra. That's good. Beautiful, that's stunning. That's that's fits of good. A girl this perfect.
3: is my daughter, Laporte. Sam's not rolling a yeah. little um, here, here's one thing that it just it, as it pertains to Detroit, I need to move past. Every piece of research that is put in front of us, and God bless the people digging that up, it, it's all like the last time the lie. I, I'm so done with that. You know, the last time the Lions were in any kind of title game, the, the England was crowning a new monarch. I don't care. Let me just establish this view now. When the Lions got to a Super Bowl, the number one song on the Billboard charts was Ariana Grande. It's a song called Yes And. I haven't heard it. The number one movie in the box office was Mean Girls. Not the first one. The second one. Guys, the gas, the uh, price of a gallon of gas when the Lions got to the Super Bowl, $3.38 in 2024. Price of a gallon of milk, $4. Woo! I'm not going to blow your mind. Milk, expensive. <laughs> As hell, Don't even get me into the fast food. It's crazy. The only decent discount you can get these days is on beef jerky. But I will say, it's now that I care about I don't care what the last billboard charts was. It was Johnny be good or something when the hell the Lions were doing anything. I don't care. It's now. Some Hitchcock movie was blowing up last time they won. Now that's all I'm here. It's I, I, the I want, now.
4: I love this, and I would say one more thing. The, sta- the Stafford move to go to LA and win a Super Bowl was great for Matthew Stafford. And Rams fans, I'm sure, were thrilled for Matthew Stafford. What if Matthew Stafford had won for the Lions? And yeah. that's what it's like with golf, yeah. to win with the Lions. Lions. It does have this incredible weight to it that you're winning with that franchise. And
3: you're the that's going to be him on a golf cart in 40 years, like zooming into some show. I mean, like, yep. look at my life. <laughs> <laughs> I Daniel was a Smith. Lions great. It's beautiful. <laughs> go get it, Jared. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Guys, next hour of Good Morning Football, we are making our picks for championship.
3: Oh, let's go. All right. Uh,
1: NFC first. AFC second. <gasps>